Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. M-A-I-N-M-E-N-U Main Menu Main Menu Main Menu Greetings everyone, this is Main Menu for the 13th of May, 2016. I am your co-host, Jason Castingway. There's a lot of talk on this week's show, and we're going to start off celebrating NVDA's 10th birthday. We will take you to NVDACon 2016, and you will hear the keynote chronicling those 10 years. Following that, Janine Stanley presents a review of the basic training book, which is now sold on nvaccess.org. Next, we continue in our conversation with Larry Skutkon from the American Printing House for the Blind, and it's all about money talks. All right, here we go. Enjoy the show. Look around you. Billions of people around the world are hungry and thirsty for something. Food, clothes, shelter, safety, peace, and to be recognized in society. In the same way, millions of blind people around the world are also hungry and thirsty for something. Jobs, education, accessibility, access to information, and to be recognized as a member of society. Until many years ago, it was costly to obtain access to technology via assistive software and hardware. That changed 10 years ago, when two bright young men said, it isn't right for blind people to pay extra to gain access to information. They formed a non-profit organization furthering their cause of equal access to technology at no additional costs. These two brave men conceived a brainchild, a software package that has been taking the blindness in mainstream society by storm. This brainchild, a free open source screen reader has become part of lives of thousands of people around the world. And these people are asking you today, will you join this bandwagon? Will you become part of the community? Will you join this movement? NVDA, non-visual desktop access, opening the doors to equal access to technology and information. Visit www.nvaccess.org to learn more about this free, open-source, and community-driven screen reader for Microsoft Windows. You're listening to a keynote presentation from Michael Curran and James Tay from NVaccess, held during NVDACon 2016, the 10th Anniversary Edition. Hello, everybody. Um, this is Michael Karen speaking. Um, firstly, thank you very much for uh, for the committee having us here to 
to uh, provide this uh, for us to provide this this keynote to you. It's really exciting and very heartwarming that uh, this has been set up. And thank you very much for all those those wonderful messages. They do mean a, a lot to us. Um, although Jamie is going to do the majority of the keynote today, I wanted to just add a few words at the beginning, providing a few personal reflections. It's now been 10 years since I wrote the first line of code for NVDA. Um, what started as a pet project, keeping an unemployed 22-year-old boy with an incomplete university degree amused, has turned into a product that is changing the lives of more than 50,000 blind and vision impaired people across the world. This has been my only job experience, but I feel that through my work with MVDA, I've gained so much more than if I was to have completed that uni degree and uh, chosen a job somewhere else. Over that time, I've become much more proficient in programming languages such as Python, C++, JavaScript, and even PHP. <laughs> And I've had the opportunity to work directly with companies such as Google, Adobe, Microsoft, Yahoo, and Mozilla. And through work, directly or indirectly, I've been able to travel out of Australia into the world, including to the US, Thailand, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Japan, New Zealand, and England. I've learned about project management and quality assurance. I've had to learn about and manage accounting, charity and tax laws, HR, and even contract negotiations. And within that time, I've got married, I've had two children, and moved halfway across the country to settle somewhere that feels the most homely for my family and me. But most of all, I've been able to wake up each morning and do a job that I love, and one that I know is making a real difference for people through ensuring that access to technology is free or low cost, it's designed by users for users, and that the knowledge is open and for all to share and learn from. I may have taken the initiative and written that first line of code myself way back in 2006, but right from the get-go, my colleague and extremely close friend, Jamie, has been there with me as an equal along this journey. And of course, the many, many people in the MVDA community, including the users, testers, developers, translators, and the funders, both individual, um, individuals and companies. I thank you for your support and belief in what we have done. I'm still committed as I ever was, and I'm excited to see what the next chapter for MVDA and MV Access will bring. Jamie? Thanks, Rickham, and thank you everyone for coming, and thank you for those amazing messages. Um, as Mick said, it's really touching and really heartwarming to, to have that. Throughout the years, we've made many presentations to many different audiences. But this is very different to those presentations that we normally make. I'm not here to tell you about the increasing prevalence of technology in our daily world and the critical need to ensure that millions of blind and vision impaired people around the world have access to that technology. I don't need to convince you that for blind people, technology is even more important than it is for most. That not only does it give us access to an abundance of information we could never access before, but that it also enables us to independently complete tasks that were difficult or even impossible previously, such as shopping and banking. I don't need to explain to you that for blind people, 
Technology is the key to education, employment and independence. That it helps to break down the barriers imposed by our disability. I don't have to tell you that each and every person has a responsibility to contribute what they can to our society, no matter what form that might take. To do their part in ensuring a brighter future for everyone in our world but that they need the tools to give them that opportunity to contribute. I needn't explain how imperative it is that blind people have access to technology regardless of their language, location or financial situation. Nor do I need to, to tell you what MVDA is, what it does and why, it's why it and its community is so important. Instead, I want to tell you a story. Ten years ago, the first tiny glimmerings of something new, something that would become a fresh breath of air in the assistive technology industry, something that would change the lives of tens of thousands of blind and vision impaired people around the world. Those first tiny glimmerings were being released into the world. This is the story of what came before that, how that project came to be, the story of how it grew into what it is today and what's around the corner. But it's also the story of the amazing people and organizations we've met, the things that have happened, the fantastic experiences we've had and the things we've learned along the way. Some of you may know some of this story already. Some of you may know all of it. But as we celebrate 10 years of MVDA, I think it's, it's fitting to reflect on where we've come from and where we're going to. So let's begin as close to the beginning as I dare. I've been totally blind since birth uh, due to cancer in, in both eyes called retinoblastoma. From an early age, I was fascinated by computers and technology of all forms. When I was around eight years old, I spent many hours sitting in front of an Apple IIe computer. I don't know if any of you uh, remember those, those uh, little beasts. Hungrily learning the basic programming language from a book patiently read to me by my dad. Uh, we couldn't just find information or a book on, on software development back then on the internet. And I couldn't just do it by myself like we can now. My dad lovingly endured reading hundreds of pages to me even though he had absolutely no interest in computing himself. But this was just the beginning of a lifelong passion for computer programming. In my school years, I was able to obtain funding for the JAWS screen reader. This enabled me to produce schoolwork in a form which could be instantly read by my teachers. And it also, you know, even though e-books and the like were not as common back then, it also, I was still able to access a lot of information via the internet. But I was one of the lucky ones. How much harder would things have been? How much would I have not been able to achieve if I hadn't been one of those lucky ones that had been able to obtain a screen reader back then? And there are so many people that are in that situation that were in that situation. Meanwhile, Mick Curran, who had some vision as a child, lost all of his remaining vision when he was, uh, quite suddenly when he was 15. 
several weeks later, he discovered that he'd been successful in obtaining funding to, uh, to acquire a computer and a screen reader. And that could not have come at a better time for him. Not only did it help him to complete his studies, it opened up an entirely new world for him. Before then, computers were just for playing games. You know, it was all he could do with his remaining, his, his little vision. But with a screen reader, he could do so much more thanks to the internet and all of the, the information technology services. And he too quickly developed a deep interest in computer programming. I had actually met Mick at, uh, at a Braille music camp in 1994 when I think I was around, I actually can't remember how old I was, maybe 10, I think, 9 or 10. And uh, I became, we became instant friends then. But we lost contact for several years, uh, for about six years, I think. Around 2000, we got back in contact uh, through the internet and quickly rekindled our close friendship. And over the next few years, we worked on quite a few different uh, software projects together, uh, among other things, including uh, quite a few JAWS scripts. And anyone who, who's in the days before NVDA might remember some of the scripting we did. Uh, with things like uh, Cool Edit Pro and Adobe Audition, and then Mick worked on something called JFW Technical as well. And given our passion for technology, it was it simply it simply made sense that we'd both continue doing information technology or, or computer science at university. But as well as technology, Mick and I both had a, were passionate about helping people and wanted to directly touch people's lives in in some major way. So I studied, I went off to study psychological science for a year, uh, but then I decided to move you know, back to IT as everyone expected instead. And I graduated uh, from a Bachelor of IT in 2005. Meanwhile, Mick studied computer science, but he soon found it very difficult to balance his university studies with the key roles that he'd gained within Blind Citizens Australia, doing blindness advocacy. And so eventually he took a break from just about everything but still wanted to somehow find a way to merge the passions, the two passions of computers and helping people that are blind. Meanwhile, both of us were using severely outdated copies of, of JAWS that we had bought for us while we were at school. We, we couldn't afford to upgrade. And, you know, as outdated as they were, again, we were still among the lucky ones that even had that in the first place. And though access to information and, and, and the like had improved so much since those early days when my poor dad had to read through computer books while I was sitting in front of a computer, there were still so many who couldn't benefit from this at all because of the cost. So in March 2006, I have to tell a story here, uh, Mick came to visit me in, uh, in, in where I live in Brisbane. He lived about two hours away by plane. And as we do, he spent a great deal of time playing with and talking about computer code and, and you know, spending way too, I think probably up till four or so in the morning talking about philosophy and all sorts of things. And uh, around that time, uh, during that visit, I introduced Mick to my latest obsession in programming language, which was Python. And uh, he hated it. Couldn't understand how you could possibly like a language where it was indentation-centric, and he just hated it. He hated it so much that uh, a month later, he informed me that he'd started working on a screen reader in, uh, guess what language? Python. 
I was pretty skeptical at first. I mean, what a ridiculous idea, implementing a, a, a free screen reader from scratch. All these companies had, had, you know, were charging so much and had spent so long. What a ridiculous idea. But it was so easy to assume that it was impossible to, to do it, to build a screen reader without massive resources and without you know, the sort of cost that the commercial products were charging. We discovered later that others had made the same assumptions. There were, we weren't the first project to, to discuss trying to write a free screen reader. And all of those efforts had sort of, had sort of disappeared, had, had, had left, or never gotten started. And Mick wanted to challenge this. He wanted to make it free and open and wanted to take it into his own hands. So he made the first public release, and I think it was April 28th of 2006. And I have to give a shout out here to, um, to the Carolina Computer AT Group at, the, uh, at UNC, because they actually, they, they wrote some packages, um, and those of, among you are all Pythonistas, uh, PyA, PyTTS, and, and PyHook. And they actually allowed us to, to get started, to write some quick and dirty code. And I'm not sure that NVDA would have gotten off the ground without that. And those modules you know, enabled us to get basic accessibility access to Windows and allowed us to get access to the keyboard and allowed us to, to you know, do basic speech. And those have all been replaced now, but we still owe our beginnings to, to them. So thank you. I joined the project in earnest in about July of 2006, about three months after it started. But in October, I started full -time, a full-time job elsewhere doing um, uh, network security and, and, and Python development on network appliances. But I still worked on NVDA quite a lot in my spare time. And Mick continued to devote his full attention to the project, even though he wasn't being paid for anything at that stage. Towards the end of 2006, we started to get requests to, to translate NVDA into various languages from people all around the world. And uh, Peter Varner soon became our nationalization coordinator, and I need to give a shout out of thanks to him as well. But we started to realize from that point that this had a much wider impact than we thought. People all over the world were going to benefit from this. That languages that were not well served by commercial screen readers could be supported by, by NVDA and that they could benefit. And that those so much less fortunate than us in developing countries had now had an option that they'd never had before. It wasn't just about those of us in Australia and the US where, let's face it, we have, we have pretty good resources. Not something that we'd ever really imagined before. We never imagined that full scope. And the paramount importance of this project steadily began to dawn on us as we went forward. This solidified our passion and, our passion and commitment to the project. And through all of these years, perhaps the biggest thing that has helped to keep us going on this project, despite the scepticism and a little bit of cynicism, scepticism that we've had from some, despite the constant struggle for, for resources and funding, despite the overwhelmingly monumental scope of the task that we'd somehow gotten into, is the sheer stubborn drive and determination just to see this through and our deep belief in the need of what we were doing. In early 2007, uh, Mozilla started to express an interest in having NVDA work with the Firefox web browser. We realized that, in, that NVDA would continue to grow from that point, and so we created NV Access as, as an Australian charity to support NVDA and all of the, the associated work. 
And so the first small Mozilla grant came later that year. I think it was around June or July. At the end of 2007, Mozilla invited Mick to, uh, to attend an accessibility summit for Mozilla. Now, I have to digress again here uh, at this point to, to tell you a little a thing about Mick. He, he has this habit of sending me text messages about important things. I think he texted me to tell me that he was getting married. And he texted, I don't know what else he's texted me about, but I get these text messages. It's not a phone call, it's a, it's a text message. And so I was quite surprised to wake up one morning. And I was about to go to work and I woke up and I got a text from Mick saying, so, um, how much would you like to come and work full-time for MV Access and leave your current job? And I was like, uh, sure, how are you going to make that happen? And Mozilla, had, what had happened is that Mozilla had asked Mick what he needed to ensure that the project would, would keep going and could be, get bigger and bigger. And Mick said, well, I need another full-time developer working on this thing with me. I can't, I can't do it alone. And I was already working on the project then, but it, it wasn't full-time. It, it does make a massive difference to have someone you can call on at any time. And so the, the first large Mozilla grant, the second grant, but the first large one came in until the end of 2007. And I started in February 2008. And we owe a huge debt of gratitude to the Mozilla Foundation and Aaron Leventhal and Frank Hecker in particular. For, they were the first to believe in us before anyone else really did. And they got us started. We wouldn't be here without them. And I also have to extend a, a personal thanks to Mick at this point for getting me involved in the project and for putting up with me over the years and for just being and being a great friend. It's been really fantastic to work with someone that, I'm, that I respect so deeply. So in, in late 2008, uh, Microsoft contracted us to help with uh, support for UI automation in, in Windows 7. So we added support for it in MVDA and guinea pigged it, but also provided feedback that allowed, us to, allowed it to be a successful experience in Windows 7. And it also allowed us to implement decent support for Internet Explorer. We had support for IE, but it needed some support. So uh, this grant, uh, this contract from uh, Mick employed full-time to work on the project. And it, you know, he'd been working voluntarily before. And this meant that it, we could ensure he could continue to work on the project. At some point, you, know, you need, to, need to earn a living. So in, in 2009, Adobe began to, to sponsor uh, MV Access, and that was really exciting. I think that happened at, at CSUN 2009. And this allowed us to implement support for Adobe Reader and, and Adobe Flash, so PDF and Adobe Reader and Flash content as well. But it also allowed us, they, they gave us a huge amount of, of freedom to do, to just generally improve MVDA for the benefit of everyone. And we're hugely grateful to Adobe and they've continued their, their sponsorship every year since that, since 2009. So that's a huge shout out to Adobe for, for supporting us all that time. And over the next few years, MVDA steadily grew in both popularity and functionality. It became a very viable alternative to commercial screen readers for more and more users as, as time went on. The user donations started to rise and I have to get uh, you know, massive thanks to our users who have just been so generous over the years and, and kept us, you know, it's been a huge help to us. Every little bit counts, but it's really um, meant that it's helped us to continue doing what we want to do and what we love doing for you guys. And uh, it continued to be translated into more and more languages as, we, as we've gone. And I, I looked last night, and I think it was like 60 plus languages. And I was like, when did that number happen? 
Uh, Messa Hamid became the internationalization coordinator, I think it was around 2011 or 2012, and he developed the automated system which centralizes and manages the, the translations workflow for both MVDA and its add-ons. So huge thanks to Massa as well. Our amazing community grew and grew and thrived and rallied behind MVDA. And the introduction of add-ons in 2012 fueled that even further. We had add-ons springing up all over the place, doing all sorts of, of creative things that we'd potentially never even thought of. NVIDIA Remote is, is a particularly worthy of note here. And again, we have a team in, in, Chris, uh, in Christopher Toth and, and Talis Bybee who, who saw a need and worked to provide a solution for that need. And the community, of course, got behind it and, and helped to make it a reality. So since then, um, since we began this journey, there have been some really powerful moments where we've just been awed and, and humbled and inspired by what, by what MVDA has become. And one such moment came in 2012 at the World Blind Union General Assembly in Thailand. Uh, basically, we, there was a dinner uh, for, the, for, the, for the WBUGA and uh, the Thailand Association for the Blind uh, were hosting, obviously. And, uh, and Monty and Bhutan got up at the stage and said, you know, Thailand Association for the Blind is going to put uh, 5,000 US dollars towards the development of, and I think, I hope I've got the amount right there, of PowerPoint support in MVDA. And he challenged other organizations saying, you know, if we can do it, you know, you guys need to understand the importance of this. You, you need to be, to be sponsoring this, getting behind this as well. And all of these blindness organizations, by the end of the night, over $40,000 had been, had been raised for this project. And it was just amazing to have the importance so publicly recognised by these organisations. It wasn't just a, a little, you know, a project that, that some people liked using anymore. It was being recognised by blindness organisations all around the world as being significant to their constituents. We've, uh, we've gotten to do a lot of really cool things over the years. We've managed we've had to travel the world and been able to meet lots of amazing people. But one of the, the perks of our work is that we've, uh, we've also had quite a few media appearances. Uh, in, in 2010, we got to go on TV. We got to go on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation's New Inventors TV show. And that was a really cool experience, getting to go up on stage and, you know, having makeup on and lapel mics and cameras and, and um, spotlights burning through your head. Not quite, but, you know. <laughs> there have been uh, some pretty awkward moments as well, though. I remember one particular occasion where a photographer sort of said, you know, we, you want to show that you guys are both blind and that you're, you know, really close friends. Can you just, you know, touch each other's faces for the camera? And we were just like, um, no, no, we won't do that. In 2014, uh, we got to, to meet Prince William um, as a result of, of, of our work. And it's, it's not every day, and I think the, the British among, among you will be, you know, chuffed by that. It's not every day that you, that you get to, you know, shake hands with a, with a prince. So that was pretty amazing. So in 2014, uh, Google came on board as a sponsor. That was really amazing for us. You know, Google's a, a pretty large organization. And as, as part of this partnership, we've been able to improve NVDA support for both Google products and the web in general. And again, Google is very generous at, 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 in terms of what um, you know, we can work on as part of that partnership. And it's also allowed us to work closely with Google uh, you know, into providing technical feedback and, and just general accessibility feedback. On, on accessibility of, of Google products. So we've, uh, you know, many, there have been many enhancements to Google Docs and Chrome as part of that work. And, you know, Chrome has come in leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. 
And in fact, uh, there, there are a whole stack of changes that have sort of landed in the last couple of months. And you know, I think we're really getting really close now uh, to, to having another fully accessible and a really awesome browser on, on Windows that you can use with NVDA. So we're really excited about that. And for those of you that are, that are wondering, uh, you, if you want to actually test this stuff, you'll need to be testing Chrome Canary for now. I haven't landed in the stable builds of Chrome yet. 2014 was a, was a big year. It also saw the first NVDA con. And here again, the strength of the NVDA community was, was really front and, and center and clearly evident. And I want to make a, a really big shout out here to, to Joseph Lee for not only his work in, in organizing and, and hosting the various NVDA cons, but also in in fostering and serving the NVDA community over these years. So in the last couple of years, uh, we've been working to solidify and refine the NV Access strategy to ensure that the sustainability and longevity, try again, and longevity of the NVDA project and of NV Access. This has largely been uh, supported thanks to a grant from the Nippon Foundation in Japan. We're really grateful for them for allowing us to do this. It's, we've had a lot of technical grants, but it's been tricky to find grants that allow us to, to work on you know, building the ecosystem and the like. And our focus is now and into the, the next few years, I think we can divide it into several sort of broad areas. We want to continue to develop MVDA, of course, and innovate in MVDA and make it the best possible product that it can be. And while NVDA was on par with, or even ahead of, of commercial screen readers in, in some areas, its support for Microsoft Office has traditionally, at least until a couple of years ago, lagged behind. We've been really working on that, really working to improve that in the last couple of years. And though there's still a, a, quite a bit of work to do, I think it's come a long way. And it's worth noting that there is a team of developers in, in India, that uh, some of whom are working full-time on an NVDA, thanks to various funding, and uh, uh, they've been able to contribute quite a bit in that area. Uh, for example, the support for charts in Microsoft Excel was contributed by the Indian team. And we want to thank them and also the, the, uh, the, sponsor, the sponsors that have been funding their work, including uh, Sapient Global Markets. Access to mathematical content was, uh, was a really major roadblock for many years. You know, we had, we were, starting getting, were starting to get really good access to a lot of information, but math content was something that was a real problem for, for a lot of people. And in 2015, we, we worked with uh, Design Science and, and ETS and uh, Stanford University to integrate support for, for Math Player into NVDA, which meant that you can interactively, uh, you can have math spoken, brailled, and you can do interactive navigation. And that was really exciting. We now have ac access to mainstream math in not just the web, but also in Microsoft Word and, and PowerPoint. Uh, unfortunately, we, we really, I mean, as much as MathPlayer is a great product and it's free, we, we feel like an, an open source alternative is ideal. And this is becoming even more necessary now, I think, that, that MathPlayer is, is uh, not being actively um, developed at this stage. And so we've been looking for other solutions. And uh, at CSUN 2016, um, I worked with uh, Volker Sorge and, and some others, and Derek, was, Derek Greenwood was there as well, um, on a prototype uh, to integrate MVDA uh, with Volker's speech rule engine, and also to, to have the ClearSpeak rule. So by the end of the, the, uh, the day, it was a one-day sprint, we were able to show MVA 
and uh, working with Speech Real Engine to read the quadratic formula using the ClearSpeak rules in, in Microsoft Word, doing pauses and everything, for those of you familiar with it, and also doing the interactive navigation. So um, you know, there's a lot of work to be done, but we're really hoping to develop that further too. Uh, in terms of other innovations, you know, let's look more at the future of where MVDA is going here. Um, I've recently, just one example, a tiny little feature, but, but so useful, uh, is you know, the ability we now play a sound when, uh, when, when spelling errors occur, or optionally we play a sound if you make a spelling error while you're typing, which is incredibly useful for people like me that make typos all over the place when, they, when I'm trying to type you know, professional documents. And so we're really looking at trying to get some of these, you know, trying to innovate a bit. And just a few examples of other things we're, we're considering doing. Um, we want to do faster access to the web. You know, the web's gotten bigger and NVA needs to, to, to grow with that. Uh, we want to get browse mode in more places. Can anyone imagine being able to actually navigate iTunes, uh, the, the, the tricky user interface that it is, being able to navigate that with, with browse mode, maybe? Um, this is just a thought. We don't know yet. But you'd be able to jump to buttons and radio buttons. It'd be a lot easier. We also want to do uh, you know, Braille display enhancements. Uh, video does have pretty decent Braille support, but there's still a lot more we can do to, um, to make it better for Braille users. Touchscreen improvements is, is another area we need to work on. We were one of the first uh, to screen readers on Windows to, to get touch screen support, but uh, there's, there's still a lot of work we need to do to make that even more useful. We also want to you know, think about the user experience for new users. I think with NVDA, we, we work towards efficiency, maximum efficiency for users, and we, and we target efficiency. But sometimes it's, it's hard for you, new users to come up to speed with that. And so you know, we, want to just, we want to think about ways to make that better as well. In order to, to achieve this, given the increasing workload on, on Mick and I, and uh, to allow us to focus on innovation and other areas as well, we're actually in the process of hiring a new developer at the moment to maintain and develop MVDA. That's really exciting. And actually, uh, I've, I've really wanted to be a bigger part of MVDAcon this year. Um, and unfortunately, it just hasn't been, hasn't been possible. But the reason for that is that Mick and I have been deep in you know, job interviews and, uh, and, and assessing people. And we're now at the second round of interviews um, for, for that developer position. And that's really exciting to be able to bring someone else, you know, another full-time developer on board. We want to build the ecosystem around VDA. It's, it's great to have a great product, and it's really important. But you need a solid ecosystem behind it to ensure its growth. And so this includes things like training. We've been asked for many years to, you know, do we have training material? Do we have training material? Who can provide training in MVDA? And so we, uh, we wanted to be able to develop training material, but also a certification framework so that, that people can say, hey, I'm a certified MVDA trainer, and, and thus ensure quality. Uh, and, and, you know, people would have a place to go to find that training. And so we hired uh, Quentin Christensen, who I, I hope is with us, and he uh, has been doing a fantastic job on our training material over the last while. And we very recently announced, if you haven't heard already, we've just released the, the first module, the basic um, training module for MVDA. And that's now available from our shop on our website. And uh, Quentin's also hard, hard at work on other modules. Uh, Microsoft Word is the one he's working on right now. We've got one planned for Excel. Um, I can't remember the order of the other ones. I think we're going um, PowerPoint and then Outlook and possibly even going beyond that. But Quentin's also done a lot more than that for us, so um, it's really great to have Quentin on board. Uh, it's been really exciting to have, to have someone else after all these years. Uh, telephone support. Uh, people have asked, you know, can we get telephone support for MVDA? And, and not, sometimes you don't even need to have it, but just the, the whole concept of, of knowing that there's someone that you can call, having that assurance. 
And so we're uh, we're now pleased to announce that we can uh, that we can offer that. We've partnered with a with a company called iRead to to offer uh, telephone support at, at a small you know an hourly a reasonable hourly charge, and that's now available from our online shop as well. We really want to uh, do more to foster the community. I think you know there's certainly a lot more we could do in that area. I guess you know this kind of started. Uh, we've we've been trying to to do things to foster that the open source community. I think the move to GitHub has been really good for the open source community. We, we've started seeing contributions from uh, from more people at, since we've moved to GitHub, and and the workflow has gotten a lot more modern and a, and a lot more um, ubiquitous. Code review is an area that we need to do a lot of of work on. I think um, I'm really. Um, I'm not proud to say that the people have submitted code and, and there's been a whole lot of code that hasn't been reviewed. And that's not something, that's not a good situation. It, it can, you know, drives people away and, and possibly restricts um, what we're doing. So we, one of the things about hiring this new developer is we want to be able uh, to have more time to do things like code review and, and get that stuff happening faster so that we're encouraging that, that community to, you know, to contribute and innovate. And so I, you know, I apologize to anyone who submitted code and still hasn't had it reviewed after you know, weeks, months, years. We want to do better on that. With add-ons, we want to encourage. We want to encourage more of them. I think uh, right now the 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 add the, uh, the add-on repository, the submission process and the review process needs to be streamlined. And um, we, I've been having some discussions with with Derek and Joseph about how we might do that to make sure that we've got more add-ons in that official repository. We also want to do things like communicating with the, the um, community more. I think uh, people have really enjoyed the podcast, but we never seem to get around to actually doing that. And I think people you know, have been saying they really enjoy that and really want to hear more for, of us um, on those podcasts. So we want to start doing more of that, probably getting um, Quentin involved as well and maybe our new, new developer. And uh, also we want to start a little... Um, we used to have a, a developer blog where we post about... You know the, the happenings in in NVDA land in a, in a more sort of informal way, not just a new release has happened. Uh, and we're going to call this um, so far the working title is MV Access in Process. And so there, I'd you know it'd be good to post about things like. And, and by the way, anyone who's got technical knowledge will, will find that um, they'll probably understand the reason behind that name, but we, we think it fits. And uh, you know we want to post about things like the the CSUN 2016 mass sprint and and the really cool stuff that came out of that. And just give us a, play, a little playground, a place to post that kind of stuff. T-shirts. We want to do T-shirts too. We actually uh, had T-shirts at CSUN this year um, that, that Mick, Quentin and I were wearing. Unfortunately, um, we've got a bit of work to do on that. We, we weren't quite happy with the quality of the, uh, the T-shirts that were produced um, by the company we were using. And so we need to, to get that sorted out before we're willing to get them into your hands. But they are coming. We need to get MVDA into the hands of more people. Uh, some of the, the things that we're doing with this include uh, having USB keys that we can, you know, uh, ship to developing countries. Uh, you know, it's, not everyone has solid internet access and can download NVDA. But also we could sell these and, and have a bundle of NVDA with, with voices and with the training material and the like. And so we're, we're working on that as well. And we're going to continue to attend and speak at conferences as well, like CSUN and all the, other, um, all the various conferences that, that we go to. We want to expand our accessibility consulting as well. Now, we've done a huge amount of really awesome stuff with, with Adobe and, and Google and Microsoft. And not only does this provide uh, us with you know, the most revenue, that's where most of our revenue comes from, and that keeps the project alive, it also enables us to directly impact the accessibility in, in other products. You think about you know, Google Docs and Chrome and, and Reader and Flash. 
And we're currently negotiating some, some new partnerships. Um, and that's, there's some really exciting possibilities coming up there. Unfortunately, I can't speak about those just now. But um, hopefully we'll have more to tell in the coming months. We want to explore new areas as well. And so recently, um, some of you might know that I started working on a project called Asara, which is uh, an extension for the Reaper uh, digital audio workstation, which allows, you know, we want to be able to allow blind um, producers and, and audio engineers to, to produce content and uh, have the most accessible experience uh, possible. Um, and so that's, uh, that should hopefully be it. at first sort of, uh, it's already available and you can go and, and get it now, but we probably want to try to get to a first release in, um, you know, official release in probably July or August. And uh, we're also targeting the Mac for that as well. So it'll be a cross-platform audio accessibility solution. Mick's been working on audio screen for sonifying, uh, you know, for, for sonifying diagrams and, and graphs. So you can run your finger along a touch screen and get, try to get a, you know, a tactile, an idea of what an image feels like through sound if you can't afford expensive you know, tactile equipment. There's a lot of work to be done there, a lot of discussion to be had, but the, the really exciting thing about it is that we can bring this into the mainstream. You know, you can touch images on the web, you can touch images anywhere. It's, it's not something that's just a, a separate um, project um, that, that you have to, you know, a separate piece of software or an expensive add-on, uh, expensive, um, you know, package that you have to buy. Uh, we also want to potentially look into magnification as well. And people have asked us many times about this over the years, and we don't have any specific ideas on this yet, but one idea we're, we're tossing around is potentially working on the, uh, the free glass brick magnifier and partnering, um, making that you know, a project that we work on. At the start of my talk, I said I would tell you a story. And despite my best efforts, there is still so much I haven't been able to tell you so many deserving people I haven't mentioned or, or thanked directly. But whether you're a user using MVDA to do your part in contributing to our amazing world, a developer or translator contributing to MVDA itself, someone producing articles, guides or podcasts about MVDA, a donor, a sponsor or an, an, some sort of other financial contributor, a contributor to a component MVDA depends on. Let's think about you know, eSpeak and, and LibLuia, huge uh, dependencies for MVDA. An add-on developer. A community builder spreading the word to the world. Or even just an interested observer. You've all played a massive part in this story. And we will forever be grateful for that. Thank you so much. MVDA would not be what it is today without you. And we're truly humbled by your ongoing support. And on a personal level, I'd like to mirror Mick's reflections from earlier. You know, this has enabled me to meet such amazing people, have such fantastic experiences, to travel the world, and at the end of the day, come to a, a job in the morning that I, that I truly believe in and, and, and love. And you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to, have, to be in that position. But this story is still being written. We've come so far in 10 years. What will the next 10 years bring, the 10 years after that? I, for one, am very excited to find out and to be a part of it. My sincere hope is that you will continue to play a, a really big part in this story and that you will invite others to join us. And let us dream and build the future together. And I'd like to thank uh, everyone for coming today um, and, and for being in NVDA Con in general. 
And, but in particular, I'd like to extend my sincerest thanks to, to Joseph Lee and to Derek Rima and to everyone else who's been involved, um, I should mention um, Mike Hansen here too, who's been involved in organising this MVDA con and for you know, uh, bringing the MVDA community together and giving me and Mick the opportunity to present here to all of you people. And finally, as we think about our dreams, about the possibilities for the future, about building our community, about reaching our fullest potential. I'd like to leave you with a very apt quote from Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. If you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. Thank you. To Michael Curran and James Te, lead developers of non-visual desktop access. Dear Mick and Jamie, On behalf of the NVIDIA community, I'd like to say thanks for all you've done for the last 10 years. Your love, humility, dedication and service has paid off. NVDA is now part of lives of many people around the world, and truly, NVDA has become a movement. Listen to testimonials and notes of gratitude from many people around the world. People using NVDA in various places, and people from all walks of life. Hello, Mick and Jamie. Thank you for NVDA, and thank you sincerely for uh, accepting me into the NV Access community and allowing me to uh, hang out with you guys during development stages and watch development happen in parallel and answering my questions on the development list. Hey, just want to say thank you very much for a great screen reader called NVDA. Not only that, happy great anniversary and keep up the great work. So I'd like to thank uh, Mick and Jamie for their devotion and um, work on the community for the past 10 years. I have a tremendous respect for you guys and NVDA as a whole and any kind of open source organization and I'm just grateful that there's a screen reader that does everything I needed to do um, with no cost to me and I'm grateful also for the community that surrounds NVDA. Thank you. Hello Mick, Jamie, other NV Access staff and NVDA's global community contributor base. Thanks a lot for this excellent and mature piece of open source assistive technology nvda of course is what i am referring to thanks a lot nvda for enabling me to continue my education in my mainstream educational system and i wish many more tens of years of life to nvda okay i wanted to say thank you very much for the development of NVDA over the years. If it were not for it, I would not be using a computer today. It's my only screen reader that I've been using since uh, 2010.
So I just wanted to say thank you uh, for all that non-visual desktop access has provided for me. I use it on a daily basis on my job. I also use it um, for my schoolwork. And I am very appreciative for all that it has to offer. And the um, developers of non-visual desktop access are very responsive in fixing bugs and adding wonderful new features and that I truly appreciate. So thank you very much. Mick and Jamie, please remember that community members such as Joseph Lee, Derek Reamer, Laura Cornwell, Brandon Cross, Bobby Shah, Roger Stewart, Nimmer Jibber, and many others do love you and care about you. Once again, happy 10th anniversary to the NVDA and long life NVDA for many years to come. Sincerely, the NVDA community, April 30th, 2016. Hi everyone, this is Janine Stanley with a review of the new book, Basic Training for NVDA by NV Access. This book came out shortly before the NVDA Con this year, which is the annual event for NVDA, and it is a real milestone marking the 10th year of the NVDA screen reader. The book is a training book, so it's not sort of your uh, user's guide, if you will, but it is a wonderful training manual if you are an access technology trainer or are helping somebody learn to use NVDA. It has each chapter broken down into lessons and training activities, which are really easy to follow and are very practical, actually, so that you can actually see the uh, different concepts in action and what you need to do with the screen reader. It would probably be best for someone who is switching over to speech for the first time, if you have been using large print or maybe haven't been using anything, and decide, wow, I think I need a screen reader, and you pick up NVDA because it's free. This is a great book, although you do need a little computer savvy to work with the book. So I think it's a good book for someone who's making that transition into speech, but who is already familiar with their computer. It's also a great book for those of us who have been using NVDA for a while. And I say that because there are segments of the book that address topics like object navigation. And they do it in such a way that I actually finally understand it. So, and it, truth be known, it is very similar to what you'll find on uh, an Apple device, a Macintosh, for example, going through the various parts of the screen and the various elements within each part of the screen. So it was explained very well and gave good exercises to see how object navigation actually works in real time. Chapter 15 of the book is probably the most valuable one, and it's placed at the end because this is in fact a training manual, but it is the setup chapter and this takes you through how to install yourself or help someone install NVDA on their computer. And um, it's a really well done guide as far as how to do the installation process, etc. The book is available for $20 US. There is a currency converter on the website, so whatever currency you use, never fear. Uh, but the book is around $20 US and I think it's quite the value for the price. 
it comes in several electronic formats. It does not come in an audio version, but it does come in HTML, Microsoft Word, EPUB, and the format for the Kindle Reader. So you have four different formats there to choose from. I found it very easy to navigate the book in both the EPUB and the HTML version. The Word version is good for searching if you uh, are using it on a Windows PC, etc. You can get this book from NV Access on their website at nvaccess.org. Those are the letters N as in November, V as in Victor, access, A-C-C-E-S-S, dot O-R-G. Go to the shop link, and under that link, you will see the book, Basic Training for NVDA. And now we resume our conversation with Larry Scootcon. We were asked to bring up another topic, and that is Money Talks. I don't know if you've used Money Talks or not, Jason, but uh, I just recently uh, restarted using it, and I forgot what a classy program it is. It's a Mm. masterpiece. What Money Talks is uh, uh, basically a checking program, a checking book, a financial uh, uh, type of program like Quicken would be, except uh, accessible, completely accessible. So we're looking at, um, you know, financial literacy is a big part of education. So we're actively seeking feedback about what people need in this kind of application. What kind of things do you want it to run on? What kind of things do you want to do with it? Um, You know, we're toying around with the idea. Last year, the year before, Al Rizzi was doing a quick uh, QuickBooks uh, accessible and. I, I tried it. I, I've been actually I've been using QuickBooks since uh, for a couple decades now, even from the DOS days. Mm-hmm. It's just not there though. It's just uh, and maybe maybe I'm just not smart enough to use it. Maybe uh, maybe it's more than what I need. But I think there's a lot of people in in my situation that have a, um, a small business, maybe rental income or uh, doing training or something like that, where they have a um, you know, a small business and need some financial software that can help them keep accurate records, maybe even do invoicing and stuff. So we're we're just looking at ideas. I mean, if that's something you need, let us know. Um, we've actually set up a uh, MT-beta mail list to try to collect ideas. And uh, you can subscribe to that if you're a Money Talks user or want to know more about it. You can send a blank email to mt-beta-subscribe at tech.aph.org and um, get on that list and give us some uh, f- some feedback about that excellent piece of software. Great. And how much is that piece of software if someone wanted to buy it? And what platforms does it run on right now? It's $49, and it, right now it runs just on Windows. And uh, you can actually download a demo of it at uh, tech.aph.org slash MT, Money Talks, MT underline setup.exe. So if you want to check it out and see if it can work for you, read through the manual, uh, give it a test drive, um, you can pull it down and try it out right now. Wow. And can I, I know that more of the banks are allowing you to download uh, your, well, say your monthly uh, 
uh, record and things like that in various formats. Will Money Talks accept, say, uh, CSV comma-separated value files? Absolutely. It'll do CSV better than that, though. It'll do QIF, which is, uh, yeah, makes it very easy to reconcile your accounts that way or just keep track of all your uh, (laughs) expenditures. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Again, we have some exciting stuff for everyone. If you are money-minded, please take a look at the MT-beta list. And again, that is MT-beta, B-E-T-A. Dash subscribe at tech.aph.org. You got it. Before we wrap up the show, I just have a couple of noteworthy items. Amazon has announced that Voice View, the screen reader on the Kindle Fire devices, is coming to the Kindle Reader devices. And I like that because it gives us more choice. And the Kindle devices are standalone book reading devices, a book and magazines, I imagine. Whereas the Fire tablet is a whole lot more. Sometimes we may not want that. We might just want the standalone book and magazine reader. So that's great. Also, last week we mentioned the accessibility category in the Apple Store. Not only can you find braille display devices there, but there are apps appearing as well, and there are switches and other devices related to accessibility. To add to that, Apple has created an audio description category for all of their movies with audio description. Global Accessibility Day is coming up on the 19th, so what a nice treat. Just in time. You can find all the movies at iTunes.com slash audio description. Main Menu is a program sponsored by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It airs every week beginning on Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern and repeating every four hours until Saturday at 5 p.m. Listen by going to ACB Radio Mainstream on your computer, using the ACB Link app for iOS, or grab it as a podcast. You can find it under Main Menu using your favorite podcast client. You can also call in by phone at airtime, 605-475-8130. We welcome your feedback. You can send it to mainmenu at acbradio.org. Find us on Twitter at Main Menu. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.